Well, before we jump into our scripture for today, I, I need to tell you a story. The ancient Israelite priests and um, the, the people who ran the temple used to put on these huge three-day, um, not even three-day, multiple-day festivals uh, three times a year. And they would, they would have these huge, huge parties in, in Jerusalem. Um, you can imagine, you know, Holy Week here at Fort Street, maybe for some reference. Uh, you, you might imagine something like, you know, uh, Mardi Gras in New Orleans, which might be a little dramatic for our example here, but they would, they would fill the holy city with these pilgrims that would come from miles and miles just to celebrate, just to worship. And as they were, you know, traveling, they would need to occupy their time, right? Y'all have been on road trips before. You need to have a book. You need to have something to talk about. I mean, it's, it's uh, normal. So actually, what they would do is they would sometimes carry instruments. They would sing. They would pray. They were worshiping all the way to the holy city until they got to this festival where they would continue the party. And, you know, legend has it that actually our text for today is one of the songs they used to sing. And I'm, I'm not going to sing it, okay, just, just so we know. But I, I will read it for you. This is Psalm 133. Look. How good is it when all our sisters and brothers dwell together in unity? It's like precious oil on the head, running down a beard, the beard of Aaron. It's dripping down the collar of his robes. It's like the dew of Hermon falling on the mountains of Zion. It was there the Lord commanded a final blessing, life forevermore. You know, and the story goes that they, they used to sing this when, when they first caught sight of Mount Hermon, where all, all of this dew and all of this condensation collects and then actually gave all of the water to the surrounding area. And so as soon as they could see that in the distance, they knew they had reached a kind of milestone and they would see it and then they would open up with this song. And it's a beautiful song that used to remind the pilgrims of how rare unity was. You didn't see it a lot back then and you certainly don't see it a lot today anymore. And so they would sing these songs of celebration to help remind them of how precious unity is, but not just that, but how much they needed to work to build unity. I wondered this week if we needed reminded at how precious unity is in America. Did y'all see what happened in Georgia? It's a story that seems to be as old as time, but white legislators are cleverly wielding the law to keep black people from voting, essentially. Now, the 
the legislators are saying that actually this new law that was introduced and, and passed was, um, it's creating more opportunities for voters to vote. And that, that is actually true. It is creating more opportunities, but it's creating opportunities in rural areas where people primarily vote Republican and keep the white legislators in power. And I know I don't need to remind you, because we've talked about it before, you've heard sermons on it before, but actually the law is not to uh, benefit or prefer or privilege one group over another. The law is there for the common good, to build us all up, to help us all out, and to move us forward. And yet here we are in 2021, and it's the same story. We need unity. We need unity. But maybe more than unity, we need to learn how to promote unity, don't we? Because we can say we want unity, and that's a, that's a great thing, but how do you go about building it? How do you go about cultivating that unity in the world? And so that's really all I want us to talk about this morning, is some ways that I've thought of that we might begin to build and promote unity amongst ourselves. Well, first, you know, I think we need somewhere to go, right? We need something to do. Here at Fort Street, I think that's Matthew 25, right? We need a common goal that we can gather around, and so Matthew 25 says to us, well, we're going to be about promoting congregational vitality, and we are going to work to dismantle structural racism, and we are going to work to eradicate systemic poverty. And that, that, that's actually a very big call. That's like, hey, we're going to go save the world, essentially. And it's big, and, and it's idealistic, and I've, I've heard people critique it for its idealism. And, and to those people, I would say, well, what else do we have right now? Who else is doing this in the world? I'd rather have a bunch of people that are a little bit out of their minds thinking that they can go and save the world than people that are like, well, we can't do anything, so we might as well just sit on our hands, right? So we need somewhere to go. We need something to do. We need a cause to rally around, right? And we've got to try to follow it got to try to aim at it. If you notice in our country, we can't necessarily agree on where we need to go. There's a lot of fighting about this. It comes up every political season. It comes up, it seems like, every day. And it's no wonder, and this is our second point for this morning of how to promote unity, it's no wonder we can't figure out where to go because we haven't solved or resolved our past conflict. This is this is pretty basic stuff, I think, but we have to look into our past and say, where have we left things undone? Where have we had conflicts that we just sort of left out there and didn't address? What, what are the things that are festering in our hearts that cause us grief, cause us anger, cause us to not want to be unified? What are those things, and then how can we address them, Right? We need to commit to, um, you know, resolving those past conflicts, but then also mitigating our future conflicts by kind of vowing to say, you know what, we're not going to gossip about one another anymore. When we have a problem with our brothers and sisters, we're going to go straight to them. We're going to sit down and have a hard conversation. 
We're going to try to figure things out so that we can move forward together. This requires us to be vulnerable. This requires us to have the aim of finding common ground with our brothers and sisters. And I don't just mean here in the church, but also in our country. I think that the way of progress for us as Americans is not through green energy. It's not through uh, meditation. I really believe, um, and those are great things, by the way. I'm not critiquing those. But I think the way forward is through racial reconciliation, period. And that's a way that as a country we have to resolve our past conflicts. We've got to find ways to do that. And I, I, I believe, and hey, I'm biased because look at me up here. I'm wearing the robe. I, I preach. I think that starts in the church, actually. I think we model it here. And hopefully that spreads into the world. So we have to resolve our past conflicts and bring healing to those situations so that we can continue this journey together into the future. What else do we need to do? Well, we need to communicate regularly, I think, right? We need to communicate regularly and express gratitude for one another. You know that the song that the sermon title is named after, right? How sweet it is to be loved by you. And I know I'm, I'm on a little bit of a Marvin Gaye kick here, and I'll, I will branch out into other Motown artists soon, but please um, entertain me. You, you know, you, has anyone ever received a really nice compliment? No one? Okay, I got a couple out there. <laughs> like, gosh, I get, come talk to me after if you haven't. I will, I will give you a compliment. But, you know, you, you, you know how that feels. When, when Sarah and I were visiting here and uh, we were doing our, our, our tryout sermons for the PNC, we were actually walking from our hotel, which was over on Trumbull, and, and coming this way, and there was a guy on the street that he was walking, I think, you know, going wherever he was going, and he stopped and, and he looked at me and he said, you have such a nice smile. And I thought, I don't think anyone has ever <laughs> said that to me, you know, and it I mean, I lit up, and, and I think we were actually coming here to preach, and it just gave me all of this energy. It filled me with this positivity, and I thought, gosh, I got a great smile. <laughs> that is awesome. You know how it feels when someone compliments you. You know how it feels to be built up, and, and, and so I, I want to say communicate that to other people. Not, not how great you are, but how great they are. When you see something good in someone, call it out, you know? Give them something to continue to pursue. I, I, I think we need more of that in the world. Let them know how great it is to be loved by you, right? It's such a good feeling, and it's so easy, and it seems so simple, but actually we forget or we feel embarrassed. We feel awkward, maybe, because it's hard to compliment. But again, we, we need to be vulnerable. We need to share that with others. So we've got to communicate regularly. We've got to express gratitude for one another. Show them what it means to be loved, right? And then finally, you know, I think we need to take a break sometimes. I think we need to rest. After this 
after the, the, the season of Easter and, and Holy Week, it, it's a time where we kind of dip in the church. And I've heard some pastors complain about that, but actually it's, it's kind of nice because we need to breathe. We need to break. It's good to join the community. It's good to do a, a lot of work. And we have a lot of people doing a lot of work around here. It's also really good to say, you know what? I got to get out of here for a minute. I need to go and just get my mind right. I need to clear my head. Some of you have been there with, with this community, with other communities. It's, it's good to step away. We, we have to Sabbath. And I think so often, especially in our world today, we... You know, we don't use the gift of Sabbath for what it is, a, a gift. God is saying to you here, take, take this. Use it. It's for your benefit. And we often think there's so many things to do, and those things are so, so important that we, we just don't have time to rest. But, but actually, we, we need to. If we're going to promote unity, we, we can't be in a bad mood because we, we haven't been resting, right? You know what it's like when you didn't get enough sleep? I've been feeling that with, with our daughter lately. You know, I'm, I'm tired all the time, and I have to be very intentional about, take a break. Don't go into that meeting without shutting your eyes for at least five minutes, you know. Make sure you're in a good space. Because if you are not good to you, how are you going to be good to this community? And if we aren't good to ourselves here, how are we going to be good to the world? We've got to take care of ourselves. So how do we begin to promote unity in the world? Well, we figure out where we need to go. We resolve our past conflicts to the best of our abilities. We show gratitude and love for one another instead of slandering and gossip. And we take some breaks and we stop for a nap along the way. That's not a bad, that's not a bad plan. <laughs> then we come back and we do it all over again. I mean, who wouldn't want to be a part of that? You know, and I think this is just the start. If we can kind of begin to work on all of those things and begin this journey together, pretty soon I think we'll start singing songs together. You know, and Dr. Dan almost had this group clapping last week during Easter. I don't know if you noticed that, but Presbyterians were very, very close to clapping in worship. Very, very close. Pretty soon we'll start singing songs together. Songs that maybe, I, I don't know, maybe they'll sound like this. Look, how good is it when all our sisters and brothers dwell together in unity? It's like the church packed to the steeple once again. Children running up and down the aisles, the aisles of Fort Street Presbyterian. Children back in the sanctuary. It's like unsegregated pews creaking and cracking in the silence of this cathedral. And after that coffee hour, you can almost hear the Lord sharing a final blessing. Life forevermore. We'll be singing songs just like our spiritual ancestors, just like those pilgrims that were on their way to the holy city to celebrate and party. 
We'll be dancing together, saying how great it is to be together in love because even on that day, we will remember. We'll remember what it was like when we were all divided, scattered, alone, and far, far away. Let's pray. Good and loving God, thank you for this group. And God, thank you for the joy and the pleasantness of unity. God, teach us to cultivate it here among ourselves, and God, help us to cultivate it in the world. In Jesus' name, amen.